the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. with a little My Corona, I mean My Sharona, playing for you today. And we're going to devote the whole show to the coronavirus. And I'm going to try to dispel some of the myths you're hearing on national news and help you get through this. And I don't think that we have a whole lot to worry about as long as we just follow some basic rules like social distancing and uh, self-isolation if we're sick. And I'll tell you later in the show as we go what we need to do and how we need to protect ourselves. I've also got Pryor Smith on the show with me this morning. He's going to bring in the the Canadian side of it for us because we now have a lot of, as you know, Canadians who live in Florida and know of Dr. Bill and listen to the show. So we want to get everybody in on both sides of the border uh, involved in this. Now, I want to tell you that the the fatality, the, the people who are dying from this are almost exclusively older people or people who have underlying medical conditions. So the the risk of dying from it if you're a kid or a young adult is, is almost non-existent. Uh, your hazard ratio is even less if you're not in contact with somebody or you're not involved in uh, large groups where you might come in t- contact with somebody, whether you know it or not. And this is going to be something that is uh, a cold. Uh, you may have problems with with cough and, and uh, feeling kind of sore in your chest, uh, fever, chills. But the, the main thing that we're going to look for as we screen people is fever. Now, this is the data out of the, uh, the big study in China, in Wuhan, China. And you can say, well, well I don't trust the Chinese government. These are the Chinese doctors. They're they're collaborating with with our doctors. Everybody's talking to everybody. You know, this is this is not something that we're hiding. So fever in almost ninety percent of the patients uh, that's the, the the main symptom. Then a dry cough that's about two thirds of the patients. Fatigue is about one third of the patients. Uh, sputum production a little less than a third. Shortness of breath a uh, little less than twenty percent. Muscle pain or joint pain, aches, 15%, sore throat, 14%, headache, 14%, chills, 11%, nausea and vomiting, 5%, congestion, 4%, 5%, diarrhea, 3 to 4%. So as you can see, this is a cold virus, and you're going to hear people on TV say that the only symptoms that you will have to worry about are fever and dry cough and uh, shortness of breath. Not true. Not true. You can have fatigue. You can have muscle aches. You can have a runny nose, although it's not as common as with uh, uh, another cold virus. You can have these things. So if you're sick, you know, even if it's with a runny nose and a sore throat, uh, put on your mask. Don't take a chance of spreading it to someone else. 
Should you come and get tested? You know what? Uh, I'm going to have test kits this coming week, this week, and I'm going to be very uh, strict about who I will test. You're going to have to be somebody who is at high risk, who has underlying medical problems, and who has the symptoms that are specific, highly specific for this virus, which are the fever, the dry cough, and shortness of breath. And we have the little little thing we can put on your finger to check your oxygen levels in your blood. And if those are low and you have these other symptoms, then you're somebody who is at high risk. And I'm going to isolate you. I'm going to test you. And if you're sick enough, I'm going to put you in the hospital. But for 99.999% of the population, you don't need to be tested. You don't need to worry. You don't need to get upset. You just need to use common sense. And if you're sick, wear a face mask. And I'll talk a little bit more about face masks later in the show. Use your hand sanitizer. Uh, practice social distancing. Uh, practice isolation. If you don't have to travel out of, out of the state or out of the area, don't travel. Just hunker down. Now, they're saying that people are... Uh, panicking and running into the stores and buying up everything and the shelves are all going to be empty and there's all this fear that there won't be enough to to eat and drink nonsense it's exactly what you should do if you think that you may be isolated uh, if you may be quarantined for 14 days you need to have some food in the house so go buy some food now the big thing that i see is the toilet paper is gone well you know what just jump in the shower or the bathtub and wash your butt off with some soap and water in your hand <laughs> Come on, this is not a big deal. And uh, don't, don't get all panicky if you can't find toilet paper. So we've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of things that we have to think about. And this is really a logarithmic uh, uh, progression with age. And people over 80 or, or at, high, at the highest risk, uh, it starts to really jump after 50 and especially after 60. Turn that phone off, Pryor. I will. <laughs> have the man my, my on the wife's show. got it. <laughs> it is my wife's calling. got it. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to you have to be smart. If you're under fifty, for God's sakes, don't get upset. Don't get in a panic unless you're really, really sick. And then then we need to to see you. If you're concerned, call your doctor. We'll also have uh, uh, teleconferencing available pretty soon, and there'll be testing stations. But uh, okay. If you're sick and you test positive, you're going to isolate yourself. If you're sick and you don't get tested, you're going to isolate yourself. So, so be smart about this. Just, just use your common sense. We're Americans. We're not stupid. We can figure this out. Uh, here's a big risk factor. If you have heart disease, that's in Wuhan, 10.5% of the patients uh, who contracted the disease and were symptomatic in the hospital had heart problems, diabetes. Uh, chronic respiratory diseases like asthma and emphysema, hypertension, high blood pressure, and of course cancer because people are often on uh, treatment and which uh, suppresses their immune system. And a very small percentage, less than 1%, had no health conditions, no previous underlying health conditions. And so you can see that this is something that is, is not going to kill mass numbers of people. The problem is that if we have it spread too quickly through the population, we're going to overwhelm our healthcare resources. And those resources are hospitals, doctors, nurses, ventilators, antibiotics, 
because a lot of the deaths are from secondary infections, secondary pneumonias. We also know that this somehow affects the clotting system, and we can do a D-dimer test, which is a specialized test for uh, clotting in the blood system. We know it can affect all the organs, and we even know that the heart enzymes and people who die from this go up just a little bit, which means there's probably some damage to some of the heart muscle as well. So we've got uh, a, a big problem, but we can certainly uh, handle this. I mean, we, we are the most advanced, uh, the, the most uh, industrialized, the most uh, technically advanced and medically advanced country in the world for our population size of 330, 340 million. We do better than anybody else anywhere on the planet. So don't panic, folks. And uh, remember, the testing kits are coming out this week. Uh, the president has enacted the uh, Emergency Act. This act does not make him a dictator. As my son said, oh, Dad, I think that Trump's going to be a dictator now. The Stafford Act is highly specific for national disasters. Uh, it is uh, intertwined with our federal emergency management organization, FEMA. And it, what it does is it allows the president to have unprecedented uh, authority to allocate resources and funds to state and local governments uh, to provide for housing and health care and technology and a number of areas of relief that will be needed. So this does not make the president a dictator. He does not have unlimited power. He can't suspend the writ of habeas corpus. He can't come and rip you out of your home. This is all about cash, baby. And we got 50 billion of it that Congress has allocated and said the president can use at his discretion. And this is a good thing. This is a good thing. And everybody says, well, why didn't we have the testing kits? South Korea had them a month ago or three weeks ago. You know what? South Korea, Canada, Europe, they don't have the legal system we have. So if you develop a test kit in the United States, let's say uh, uh, Quest and, and LabCorp get together, the big diagnostic uh, laboratory companies, and they develop a test kit, it has to go through the legal department. That's going to take a week or two because the legal department's going to look at it, and they're going to go and they say, we want to see this, we want to see that, we want to know the the uh, the, the false positive, the false negative rates. We want this. We want that. And so you can't just throw it out there. Why? Because we got lawyers in this country. We got a constitution that allows them to sue. So with the, with the uh, Stafford Act in place, the president's going to have the power to uh, offset some of the suits and the damages and the awards that may arise uh, because of a test kit not being 100%. And you know that the American lawyers are going to jump on this. And you say, well, but people have died because we didn't test. The number of people that have died in the United States are minuscule. And remember that in Washington, the big number of people that have died in Washington state were in one nursing home, one nursing home. Okay, now you tell me who's in a nursing home. Is it the young and the healthy? No, 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 no. It is the old and the sick. It is the old and the sick. So these people are highly vulnerable. And this is why we have to be very careful when going into any facility, especially a facility like a nursing home or a hospital where we know people are already sick and their immune systems are impaired, and make sure that we're not sick when we go in and make sure that we're properly attired 
And if we have a cough, that we wear a mask. And if we don't need to go there, don't go. Don't go. Let the healthcare people take care of it. Let the healthcare people manage this. Uh, we're, we're confident that you, as the public, are smart enough to understand this and to know uh, how to behave and what to do. 99.999% of Americans are good people who follow the rules better than almost any planet on Earth, except for the Canadians. They follow every rule. Of course. They're so, they're so smart. <laughs> and with that, I'll bring in Pryor, and, and we'll go through. And by the way, uh, second half of the show, we'll start taking some questions uh, so we can answer and allay any fears you may have about this. Pryor, welcome to the show. Pryor, host of Canada Calling. Well, Dr. Bill, good morning. And I must say, I've known you for a long time, and I've heard a lot of your shows. This is the best one you've ever done. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, no, it's the truth. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because, as you pointed out, there are 350 million people roughly in the United States. How many people have been severely impacted by this? The numbers Min are minuscule. They're minuscule. Here in Canada, we have approximately 36 million people. And as of today, there are approximately 250 cases that have been reported over the last three to four weeks. About 56 to 60% of them have already recovered. We've had one fatality. It was an 80-year-old man in an in a senior's care home in Vancouver. And so you say to yourself, now, wait a second here. <laughs> Let's put all this in perspective. And I think you've done a first-rate job this morning of doing it. As you mentioned, I do the radio program Canada Calling. We've been on AMH 60 for about 35 years. The show itself has been on the air for 66 years, hard to believe, but true, talking to all the Canadians all over Florida every day throughout the winter. And... Tomorrow, I guess, well, technically Friday, was the launch of the March school break here in Canada. And this coming week will be a March school break like no other, because virtually everything has been canceled up here in Canada. And uh, Dick, uh, the, uh, the federal government and the provincial government have uh, told us to cancel everything that you can imagine. As I'll be mentioning on Canada Calling tomorrow, everything from daycare to farmer's markets have been canceled. And we've been told not to do any international traveling. The only problem is well over a million Canadians are probably in Florida right now. And so they obviously have to watch what they're doing and get back safely. And when they do get back, they've been told to self-isolate for 14 days. Now, whether they'll do that or not remains to be seen, but that, that's what they've been asked. And the Foreign Affairs Minister, as of uh, Friday afternoon, issued an advisory asking all Canadians abroad to get back home now while they can before they get stuck up in airline problems and quarantine problems in the country that they're visiting. But that briefly is the story as it relates to Canada. Roughly 250 cases in, what, three and a half weeks or so, and over 50% of them have already recovered. Yeah, we've in Florida as of Friday or Saturday, we've had about 70 cases with, I think, one death, um, mostly people 60 and up, uh, but uh, some younger people, too. Now, the age distribution of this is, is important, but also the sex distribution. It's two to one men that are getting sick and dying with this. And of course, probably we're the guys are outside more and we're working and we're you know, you're you're sanding your boat, so you're inhaling dust. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm working in the shop and we're out golfing and, you know, we're sucking in pollen and whatever else is out there. 
And so we're more likely to have a little emphysema as we get older, even if we don't smoke or, uh, or do anything uh, seriously wrong to ourselves and take good care of ourselves. So we're probably at a little more risk and our immune systems are a little bit different than the girls, the boys and the girls, you may not realize this prior, are a little bit different. Oh, they are? Yeah, they are. That's what I just found out. So <laughs> I, I think that there's probably some good reasons for this. Plus, the guys are going to be more likely to be drinkers and smokers and um, have other problems going on. So, have, have, have you noticed cancellations the way we have had them here in Canada, for example, my my hobby for the last over 30 years has been restoring antique wooden boats, and I have attended on many occasions the Sunnyland chapter of the Antique and Classic Boat Society's big boat show up in Mount Dora and Tavares, and it's scheduled for next week. And everybody who's into the antique boat game has been wondering for the last week or so, will that event go ahead up there just northwest of Orlando? The answer is yes, they have decided the event will go ahead. It attracts thousands of people, but they've urged people just to exercise, you know, a little bit of social distancing and a little bit of caution, and the show will go ahead. Is that different from the norm? What What, what are you detecting there? Oh, everything's shutting down. All the events are being called off, and, uh, you know, even even the, uh, the, the, the professional sports, uh, there, there's no, yeah. you know, everything's called off. And listen, when we call off, basketball <laughs> games <laughs> you know this is a big deal and um so but, but i think that uh the, the real telling the real the funny telling story is that uh, diane the woman who leases in, uh, some space in our office building she does laser hair removal prestige laser and she's wonderful her son went over to orlando for a meeting and they called it off and he was at the gaylord or one of the big hotels in orlando and he texted her and he said, I feel like I'm in the movie The Shining. You remember The Shining yeah. uh, with uh, uh, Jack Nicholson where they were out in the, in the closed down lodge out in Montana for the winter and it was haunted and he went crazy and tried to kill everybody. <laughs> so he's walking around this hotel. It's completely empty. I mean, you know, there's 2,000 rooms and there's yeah. nobody there. <laughs> so Yeah, as a matter of fact, the federal and provincial governments here have suggested that any event of more than 250 people be canceled. And that's exactly what's happened. I, I was into, uh, I live up northeast of Toronto. I was in Peterborough yesterday. It was like a ghost town. Yeah. Well, our streets are empty too prior. All the Canadians are going back. I mean, you know, last week the, you, you couldn't get out of our office. You, you've been to the office. You know, if you turn mm -hmm. off of 64th onto 38th Avenue North in the middle of the day, you got to wait two or three minutes for the traffic to, to die down in between traffic lights. I mean, there wasn't hardly anyone on the road yesterday. Mm. Uh, and uh, Canadians are going back, uh, which is, uh, it's good, it's safe, but it's, you know, of course, it's bad for, for our business and for Florida because that's a big part of our income down here. And I think that the economic impact is what's going to uh, really uh, echo through the world economies for the next uh, two or three quarters. It's going to take a while for us to come back from this. I mean, you know, we've interrupted supply chains. Uh, we've interrupted entertainment. We've interrupted travel. We've, and, you know, the, the world economy is, uh, it rides on a lot of this. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big problem. Well, the now, Canadian, the, the Canadian tourist season peaks two weeks from now. That's when the Canadian winter visitor season routinely comes to an end uh, once leases and everything else expire at the end of March. Yep. So I, I, I kind of suspect that the 
Canadian tourist season is ending or gearing down about two weeks earlier than it would normally gear down. Yep. The thing that drives me crazy is I had a, an email from a friend last night in Port Charlotte who showed me the interior of a grocery store down there. Meat, produce, uh, dairy, everything else was fine, except the paper. The paper yeah. was absolutely sold out. Paper towels, toilet paper, Kleenex, everything. I'm saying to myself, what am I missing here? Well, we like to keep our butts clean down here <laughs> and our noses too. So, you know, it's the same thing here. People are stockpiling paper products and I can't quite understand why. Well, I think that there, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think the perception is that uh, a lot of the toilet paper and, uh, and uh, paper towels are manufactured in China and with the, uh, you know, the ban on, on, international travel and the lockdown of people all over the world, including China, that the whole production as well as the supply chain has been disrupted. Now, one of the grocers was on TV yesterday, and uh, he had run out of cans of some beans that were very popular in his area. And, you know, it's a good thing to have canned beans. I mean, you can live on that for a couple of weeks. I lived on it for years as a student. <laughs> but uh, So did said, we all. And and the the, uh, the the television host said, "Well, is it not in, in uh, available in, in manufacturing?" He said, "Oh no, there's tons of it sitting on the shelves. They can't get drivers. They don't have enough truck drivers and semis to haul all this stuff all over the country because the demand has gone up so high. Yeah. And you you can see that it's going to be the same if we let this run too rampant too quickly uh, through the." Uh, through the communities that the healthcare system is going to be overwhelmed too. And, you know, the doctors and nurses are saying we're scared. We're not scared of getting the virus. We're scared. We're not going to be able to stay awake and take care of everybody. And uh, this is one of the problems they're having in Northern Italy is that uh, the, the healthcare resources are being taxed to their limit. And the human side of it is very important too, because somebody's got to set up the respirators. Somebody's got to give you the antibiotics. Somebody's got to wipe your butt. Somebody's got to get you a meal and you know, all these things take people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you use up all your resources, you can build all the hospitals you want. But if you don't have trained personnel to go in there and take care of them or the people that come into the hospitals, it's it's really not going to help. You know, well, you know, you know, one of the problems from where I said, oh, and by the way, when it comes to paper towels and toilet paper, Canada is the OPEC of paper products. <laughs> we We produce more of it than anybody. So it's good news for our our lumber industry up here. One thing that drives me a little over the bend is the over-the-top coverage in the media so far, some oh, of it ill-informed. Oh, and a classic case I'll give you this morning, the headline in the front page of the National Post in Canada, and I'm quoting, what might our lives look like when Canada is in the full grip of COVID-19? <laughs> oh, God. That's the headline this morning in the National Post. And I'm saying to myself, what editor in his right mind allows that to happen? One who wants to make money well, maybe and sell more it. papers. Maybe that's it. I'm going to that's repeat insane. that again, just, just so you know that this is for real. What might our lives look like when Canada is in the full grip of COVID-19? That's just, the headline in the National Post this morning. And you wonder why people are stampeding to buy paper towels and toilet paper. And, you know, I... Uh, 
I've been listening to some of these guys on on TV, and uh, you know, all, every every station has their own doctors. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I think it's Siegel that's on a lot on Fox, and then there's uh, the Indian American guy on CNN, and Sanjay Gupta. Say, yeah, Gupta, and they're all saying all this stuff, and. You know, blah, 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 blah. and you know, don't, don't wear a mask. You know, you're you're going to increase your risk. That's a nonsense. If you have a good, well-fitting mask and you don't pull on it and you leave it on, it's going to protect you. And you know, there are studies. I, I I pulled them up. I've got them sitting here in front of me on my computer. The uh, International uh, Infectious Disease Journal had a nice nice article, and uh, an Australian study. We've done a study at our CDC. Uh, it does cut down on the SARS. It does cut down on the influenza if you use it properly. You have to keep the mask on. Now, the thing I don't like about the surgical mask, and, of course, you're not going to be able to get them anyway because they're being reserved for the hospitals, uh, is that they're uncomfortable, and I'm always pulling on mine. I just refuse to wear them. The nurses are always yelling at me. You have to wear a mask if you go in that room because it's respiratory isolation. I ain't wearing no damn mask, and you ain't going to make me wear one. I don't like them. But you can get a cloth mask. They're still available on Amazon, uh, on Etsy. Uh, you can go there. You can. Uh, there's a number of, of areas where you can go on the Internet and you can purchase one of these. Or you can make a simple little mask. And I did one last night prior. I got a, I got a free pattern off the Internet. And there's two or three different patterns that you can get. And you can hand sew it. I mean, you cut it out. And you just take some thread and a needle and you stitch it and you do do a double ply. So you have to cut out, you have to double your pattern so that you can have an inner lining, uh, not only for uh, safety, but also for comfort. And you can go to the store and get some elastic uh, hair bands or whatever. You can go to Joanne's Sewing or whatever, whatever uh, fabric shop is near you, Michael's, whatever. And you can get some kind of elastic stuff take you maybe 30 minutes to sew the damn thing together. You got a mask. So mm -hmm. at any rate, I got this idea prior and I'm, this is what I'm doing. I talked with the nurses yesterday at the hospital and Monday I'm going to administration and we're going to start a contest to see which department can come up with the best mask, uh, sewn cloth mask, and then everybody's going to get a mask. And I'm also looking to see if, and you might know this cause I don't where I could order like a hundred or a thousand mask and I'll just have Dr. Bill radio MD printed on them. I'll give them away to the healthcare workers in the hospital. And that would be uh, a great thing for us to do. And, uh, you know, I like the, I like the cloth mask, the old cloth mask that we used to wear back in the day. Uh, you're old enough to remember that. Oh, I'm just barely old enough. Just barely. Well, see, I grew up with two doctors, so I remember them. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I had them put on me whether I wanted them or not when I was a kid when we had the polio uh, virus epidemic going around in the early 50s. And uh, my dad actually was in the hospital with that. Uh, but at any rate, I like the cloth masks. They're much more comfortable. Uh, they will stop droplets. And don't you listen to these doctors on TV. They absolutely, positively will stop droplet spread. And, and you're going to hear people say, well, yeah, but the virus is so small it can go right through the mask. There's no free-floating virus. And by the way, those little viruses, they'd have to have humongous wings, and they'd have to flap them for a long time if they were free-floating. And they're not. They're on droplets that are spread by you coughing or sneezing. And people say, well, I don't see it. You know what? 
we didn't really realize until two or three decades ago how extensively uh, your cough and your spray goes out. I mean, it's like three or four feet. And we did it by using different lighting and different camera techniques. And it's amazing. And you know that those droplets can hang around in the air for 10, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes up to three hours. So the guy in the Publix or the Safeway or the Winn-Dixie, he coughs in the aisle and he's got the virus and he's not that sick. And he goes home and 10 minutes later, you walk through the aisle. Guess what? You just got the, the coronavirus. Yeah. But is, is, not, is not the biggest problem hand washing? No, that's, that, we're just telling you to do that to keep you busy. Oh, is that it? But, you know, we don't know how much is spread by hand, but we do know that this is a respiratory virus and this is airborne. It's spread by coughing and sneezing and kissing. And we, we know that it's possible to get it by touching and then putting your finger in your mouth. Uh, so, but we, we really don't know how, uh, how infectious it, it is that way. But common sense says, if you don't know, error on the side of safety, be cautious. And uh, by the way, you can make your own uh, um, hand sanitizer if, if they're out of it in the stores. And I've got that formula here. And, and uh, let me see, what time is it? Are we ready for a break yet? Or is it too late in the show? Oh, no, we can go anytime you want, Doc. What, what, Pryor, why don't we grab a, a break? Let me grab a cup of Joe and I'll come back and tell you how to make the uh, how to make a simple hand sanitizer. It's real simple. It's just aloe vera and isopropyl alcohol. It's, that, it's, <clears throat> that sounds good to me. Dr. Bill, the Can Care Clinic is on top of the story. We're on it, baby. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Weary travelers returning to the U.S. amid coronavirus-related travel restrictions greeted by long lines and hours-long waits for required medical screenings at airports. While American citizens, green card holders, and some others are allowed to return to the U.S. amid new European travel restrictions, they're being funneled to 13 U.S. airports where they're subject to screenings and quarantine orders. Britain's top health official says the government plans to set out emergency powers this week to deal with the viral outbreak, including requiring elderly people to self-isolate and banning mass gatherings. Health Secretary Matt Hancock said the government's bill laying out its emergency action plan will be unveiled probably on Tuesday. And Iraqi security officials say a barrage of rockets has struck a base housing U.S.-led coalition troops north of Baghdad. Saturday's attack killed three. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. 
Most insurance plans accepted, and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments, so call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Balance of Nature. Changing the world, one life at a time. I love the product. I absolutely love the product. It's amazing, and I'm sure you hear all kinds of great reviews, but I put my mom on it. I put my another friend of mine, everybody that I talked to about it, I said, listen, you need to take this. It's amazing. It has helped me. My blood pressure was terrible. My energy was really low. I started taking it, and it was just amazing. I've been using it for a while. And my mom, she she went to the doctor. She said, the doctor asked her, well, what are you doing? She said, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything because she thought it was going to be bad. She said, well, your numbers are good. She loves it. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Start your journey to better health today by calling one 800 Two four six eight seven five one, or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code RESULTS. Take AM860 The Answer with you wherever you go with our mobile app, theanswertampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. If you come down with this and you've got health insurance, the president worked out a deal, the administration worked out a deal with the health insurance industry to eliminate the co-pays for the uh, treatment and to prevent any type of surprise billing. The Captain's America Third Watch with Captain Matt Bruce. Overnights from 2 to 6 on AM 860. The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. After catching fog early on, we'll have partial sunshine throughout the day today with a high 86. Partly cloudy for tonight, low 67 with patchy fog late at night. Then patchy fog will continue to the early parts of the morning tomorrow. Otherwise, Monday will be another partly sunny day. Very warm again with a high getting up to 86. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Snyder for AM860, The Answer. bit of my corona i mean my sharona we're talking about the coronavirus with prior smith today and uh, barb i hope you're listening uh barb is our station manager uh for the salem station here in in the tampa bay area and she's got about five or six different radio stations that she oversees and she sent one of the guys down to me uh last week who had been at one of the national events prior he was at one of the presidential uh uh, tapings or the vice presidential. He, he's a big guy in the, uh, in the, uh, technical end of it, Robert. He's a great guy. Love him to death. And he, uh, probably came in contact with somebody and then he came home and he had a little fever and felt bad one day and then he was okay. And so Barb sent him in to me and said, you got to make sure he doesn't have the coronavirus. Of course, we don't have the test kits yet. Uh, they won't be here till this week, but he came and he said, I feel fine. I'm okay. And there's been a, a little cold bug going around. Everybody had it in the office last week. Didn't look like Corona to me cause it was sniffles and sore throats or whatever. And, uh, Barb said, well, yeah, but this is lower respiratory and it's going to be low oxygen and, uh, you're not going to have any upper respiratory symptoms. And as I pointed out earlier in the show, a certain percentage of people will have that. A certain percentage of people will have uh, aches and pains. They'll have chills and fever. Uh, the biggest thing is going to be fever 
<clears throat> shortness of breath, low oxygen levels, cough, basically lower respiratory symptoms. But uh, I said, well, put a mask on him if you're concerned. And, and Barb said, I can't have people run around the station with masks on. Um, well, then have him work from home. Well, he can't. You know, he's the engineer. He's the guy that makes all the equipment work. So you got to get hands on. And I guess uh, Mike Gallagher is now broadcasting here locally from our our uh, station and our Salem building in Tampa. And, of course, he's worried. Uh, and, you know, the, the, you've got people that are that are sick, older people that have had illnesses. Bill Bunkley's been treated for some serious problems, and so his immune system is probably impaired. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a big problem. Well, what do you do? What do you do? Well, I'll say this. Along with the hand washing and the, the, the good hygiene, please, dear God, if you're concerned or if you are sick and you don't know what you got, put on a mask. Put on a mask. Make a cloth mask. A double-ply cloth mask will stop drop, droplet spread, and it'll stop you from inhaling other people's droplets. And it doesn't matter what Dr. Siegel says on Fox News or Dr. Gupta on CNN. I'm telling you, I've read the data. It's out there. Uh, our CDC, the World Health Organization, the Australian Center for Disease Control, all these studies, if you wear the damn thing, you keep it on and you keep it tight, you'll be okay. It's not 100%. Nothing is. Now, let me tell you how to make this hand gel, this hand sanitizer. You need three parts of isopropyl alcohol, one part aloe vera gel. You can get all this at the drugstore, Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart. Now, if you can get the 91% isopropyl, that's better. Uh, you want about a 60% uh, isopropyl alcohol mix. If you can get the 99%, which probably is not commercially available in big amounts right now, but it should be in a few weeks with the president ramping up, I'm sure one of the things he'll do is, is have uh, uh, money allocated to plants uh, that can distill and produce this for us so we can get a 99% uh, uh, isopropyl alcohol. And so you mix these together. And if you want to put a little something in it to make it smell pleasant, like tea oil or vanilla and, uh, uh, you know, anything that you would, would like in there, a drop or two, just to make it sweet and, and nice and, 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 uh, presentable. Uh, you can also put in a drop or two of aloe vera gel, whatever you like to make your hands feel better, a little vitamin E, uh, and you just use this stuff just like you would any other gel. Now, of course, the uh, aloe vera is uh, a little stickier, but the vitamin E and uh, and things like that will will give you a little little nice soft feeling on your hands and a little little sweet smell if you put something in there like tea oil or or vanilla. And everybody's got vanilla in their in their uh, spice cabinet, so you can put a drop of that in there. Easy to do. <clears throat> good hand uh, sanitizer and, and uh, good hygiene, just basic hygiene. Uh, think smart. Social distancing. Uh, if you're sick, isolate yourself. Uh, if you're dying, get to the hospital. Uh, if you're not dying, and especially if you're under 60 and you're younger, uh, call your doctor or your health care worker or they'll be uh, – Stations set up pretty soon where you can go and get a test just by uh, driving through a tent or driving up to a window like the 
the South Koreans did. And the great thing prior about the South Koreans and what they did is they showed us that the mortality rate is way below 1% for this. Mm-hmm. Now, we think that at this point, uh, it's higher than influenza. Influenza is about one-tenth of 1%. And uh, initially, it looks like it's going to be about 1%. But you know what? We don't really know how many people have this and are not even clinically uh, displaying uh, any signs or symptoms. So uh, for every person that's got it and we've diagnosed it, there's probably 10 or 20 other people that have come in contact with them, had the virus, got over it, or didn't even get sick from it. So uh, it's going to be a pretty low mortality rate. Again, what we don't want is we don't want it to spread rapidly because it will overwhelm the healthcare system. And what I would like to... uh, to impress on people is that they don't need to panic, that uh, this is not going to kill 99.999% of us. It's going to get a few people. And as you pointed out prior, you've had, what, one or two deaths in Canada? No, we've had only one, and it was an 80-year-old man in a seniors care facility in Vancouver. But out of a population of 36 million, roughly, we've had approximately 250 cases and over well over 50% of those have already recovered. Yeah. And in some cases, the people didn't even know that they had it. Yeah, they don't. just like the people that came <laughs> off of the ship, uh, the cruise ship out in California that were quarantined for 14 days, and they interviewed a bunch of them. They said, we don't, we're not sick. <laughs> you know, we don't even feel bad. But you know, they one, tested positive. You, you know, one problem that, that I see in this whole thing is at this time of year here in Canada, we're in that tween period. We're between winter and spring. It's a teasing time of year, and it's been a long and it's been a cold winter. And by this time of the year, every year, every second person you run into has a cold or the yep. flu or the sniffles or something. Yep. And it's at the point where <laughs> a lot of people really don't know what the problem is, and nine times out of ten, it seems, the problem cures itself before it becomes a problem. Yeah, and I think that that's probably going to be true for the overwhelming majority of people who come in contact with the coronavirus. Most of them are not going to get sick. And if they do, it's going to be very brief, uh, you know, especially kids and young adults. I mean, they're they're just going to go about their business. But uh, we still have to be safe, and we have to think about uh, our elder, elderly population because, by the way, I'm in that now, and I don't want you giving me your coronavirus because I don't want to be on a ventilator. Uh, that's no fun. Well, I'm still so youthful, I don't have that problem. Yeah, well, you're a young guy. I'm, I'm a little older. <laughs> and if you believe that. <laughs> By the way, folks, if you got a question, I'm at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. We're on uh, 860 AM. And what's our FM channel, Ken? On the FM, you're ninety three point seven in places Nin- like yeah, Dunedin, places like that, mm-hmm. and yeah, ninety three point seven in Dunedin and places like that. So you can uh, reach out to us again at eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. That's eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. Uh, you got to keep it brief in case we get a bunch of calls. Otherwise, you're going to have to listen to Pryor and me. <laughs> Can, can I ask one question as it relates to the medication? Sure. Uh, we, we have the prime minister self-isolating because his wife came back from London last week. She had been attending a, an event over in London, 
and my goodness, she tested positive. So he is self-isolated for the next 14 days, which means you're just sitting around the house doing nothing. But his wife is self-isolating. She's shown only mild symptoms, apparently. We have the same thing with the mayor of Toronto. He was attending a, a trade conference in London, came back home, and just out of an abundance of caution, he too is in isolation. And the symptoms that they have had have been really minor. What kind of medication is prescribed for people who are staying at home and who are self-isolating and taking care of themselves? Is there something off the counter that they can get? No, not really. I mean, you, if you have upper respiratory symptoms, you can get the usual cough and cold medications, but there's really nothing that uh, that you can take. Uh, uh, if you have a cough, then get some cough syrup just, just for comfort, but that's not going to cure anything. Mm -hmm. uh, the, it'll run its course for the overwhelming majority of people. Um, <clears throat> we are trying different things. Uh, some of the ID doctors, infectious disease doctors at the hospital, uh, we were talking and we're thinking, well, maybe high doses of Tamiflu, which is what we use for the influenza virus, along with Plaquenil, which is an old-time anti-malarial antibiotic that also has some anti-inflammatory effects. And the reason for that is because we know that the inflammatory response is uh, what is so harsh especially on the older people, and it's causing these blood clotting disorders and secondary infections. So we uh, are thinking that maybe a combination of those two things might might be helpful. And uh, if we have any cases, which we have not had at our hospital as of yet, thankfully, uh, then we'll probably try that. <clears throat> Some people have talked about anti-HIV uh, antiviral agents, but I don't think those have panned out. Um, there's talk about some of the monoclonal antibodies, which I have spoken about on the show before. These are the genetically engineered antibodies that are specific for certain disease entities like rheumatoid arthritis and uh, giant cell arteritis, psoriasis, uh, inflammatory bowel disease. There's one for migraine headaches. And so there's some thought that maybe one of these might help boost the immune system. Now, one of the nurses said, oh, well, I'm taking vitamin C and echinacea. Well, that's not going to do anything. There's no data anywhere that shows that echinacea and vitamin C do anything to help your immune system. But if it makes you feel better, then take it. Uh, the main thing is stay healthy. Just, you know, eat your regular diet and keep your alcohol intake down. Don't smoke. Make sure you get your influenza vaccine and your pneumonia vaccine because one of the problems that we're going to have if we if we really get hit is, are we dealing with the flu? Are we dealing with pneumococcal pneumonia? And if we can eliminate these two things from society as best we can, not 100%, but as best we can by getting people to get their immunizations, then this is going to help not only the healthcare system, but also the individuals who were really sick with coronavirus, because we'll be able to concentrate more time on them and resources as well. So, you know, Ken asked me way back in what was it, December or January, he said, Doc, what's the best thing to do uh, to prevent coronavirus? I said, get a flu shot, get your flu shot. And there are people who still say, oh, I don't believe in the flu shot. This isn't religion. You don't believe or disbelieve. This is science, you know. I mean, this is like uh, DNA evidence. Uh, so put your 
superstitions and your doubts and your misbeliefs. Well, I don't like needles. Well, I'm sorry. That's part of life in the 21st century. Our needles have been around for 150 years since the Civil War, and people have been getting vaccinated, and the world population is healthier. It's living longer. We have less disease overall. I mean, we're fretting over hundreds of deaths, a few thousand deaths worldwide. And you think about prior, you think about what smallpox did, what the plague did, what mm -hmm. tuberculosis did, even in the last century, in the first half of the last century. I mean, you think about the millions of people, the influenza epidemic of 1918, 1919, the Spanish flu killed yeah. 60 million people worldwide. 60 million. Mm-hmm. Doc, we've got Marianne from Seminole on the phone. If you'd like to say hello to Marianne, we're running out of time here. I want to make sure we get her on. Oh, sure. Come on, Marianne. What you got for us, girlfriend? Well, my quick question is, uh, uh, would, could you repeat the recipe for the hand sanitizer? The, um, you can't get alcohol like you can't get toilet paper, however. Well, that'll probably change in the next week or two because we'll have to ramp up production of, of that. But it's two parts of the alcohol. See if you can get 91% or, or better. And one part uh, aloe vera gel. So two cups of alcohol, isopropyl, one cup of aloe vera gel. The other thing you can do is uh, you can just set up a still in your backyard and make ethanol. <laughs> and uh, make sure you use copper piping in case the old man's out there nipping on it. And ethanol will work just as well. Uh, so, but you need a high, you need a hundred percent ethanol. You need pretty, pretty pure ethanol. Now, what what happens when we produce and sell isopropyl alcohol is we dope it up with stuff that makes it nasty, so that uh, the bums on the street won't drink it. Because then we have to treat them for a whole host of problems that come along with drinking isopropyl and wood alcohol that causes. Uh, acidosis, it causes a whole number of, of uh, health care problems, blindness, and then we're stuck taking care of them. So that's why you don't get 100% uh, isopropyl, USP, United States pharmaceutical grade, because we don't want people drinking it. But hang on, uh, there's going to be more coming down on the pipeline, and uh, when you do get it, it's two to one. Two parts two of the... Two to one. Uh, two to one. Isopropyl, two parts. Uh, aloe vera one part. So you want about a 60% a or higher isopropyl concentration. So if you have a 91% or 90% isopropyl alcohol, you're going to get about a 60% uh, uh, mix when you're done with it. You can use any kind of bottle you want to put it in. You can use your little, uh, your little hand soap pump bottles. You can get some of the ketchup bottles, you know, the squeeze bottles. That's what we use at the office. Um, I just ordered a dozen from Sam's Club. We fill it up with uh, uh, with hand sanitizer. We fill it up with Hibiclens or Betadine or whatever we're using to clean wounds. And it's it's simple. And you just stick one in each bathroom or at the door. Uh, go to get on the web and go and look for the patterns for these masks. All the girls get together who like to sew and the guys who like to sew too. And uh, have a contest and see who can come up with the cutest, nicest mask. Uh, they're simple to sew. Uh, you can sew a really fancy one within 30 minutes. Easily, you can cut it out and sew it. Wear the mask. 
wear the mask. Don't take them off if you're sick. Don't take them off if you're going to be around people who are sick. Keep it on because they only work if you wear them. And the problem with them is not that you're going to be touching your face. It's that people don't wear them, so they get a false sense of security, and they forget, and they take their mask off, and they're pulling on it and all that. You know, keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands in your pockets. Keep your mask on. You'll be okay. We're all going to be fine. A few people are going to die. We're all going to die eventually anyway. But let's minimize the amount of deaths. Let's minimize the the uh, the burden to the healthcare system. Let's keep the cost of this down because the economic impact is going to be as great as, uh, if not greater than, anything that the healthcare impact will have on us. We're, we're technologically advanced enough that we're going to conquer this. We're going to have a vaccine within a year. And if this becomes endemic like the flu, endemic means it's always in the population going around every year, we'll be okay. We'll be fine. So two to one, alcohol to aloe vera. Uh, let's wait, and uh, I'll see if I can get a hold of my supplier, and maybe he can ramp up his production, and we can uh, get some of this out in the public. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll let you know more about that next week. The Stafford Act is going into place, so money will be flowing. Uh, we're 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 a big country. Things don't happen instantaneously. It's not like South Korea where you can corral half the population lives, more than half the population lives in Seoul area. So it's easy. I mean, we're huge, and Canada is even bigger with a smaller population. So mm -hmm. these things take time. So more and alcohol to than aloe. Yeah, two to one alcohol to aloe. Okay, thank you very much. Hey, thank you for calling. We, we appreciate you. We love you. I love your show. Oh, thanks. And we love Pryor, too, even though he's getting old and ugly and <laughs> kind of hairy. And Well, all I can say is a very informative show, and I'm glad I had the opportunity of participating in some small way because you've really put this thing into perspective. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're facing now is putting the whole thing in perspective, telling people to just use simple common sense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Americans are very inventive people, and so are the Canadians. I mean, uh, for goodness sakes, we have saved the world from, uh, from terrible, terrible things multiple times in the past 150 years, uh, including two world wars that Canada and the United States uh, pretty much carried at the end there. And... Uh, you know, we've we've invented more things. And as you say, you're the paper. You're you are the OPEC of uh, toilet paper. By the way, prior when you come down, can you bring a couple of uh, truckloads with you? Drive it down here. <laughs> My wife is really going through this stuff fast. <laughs> so. <laughs> We need toilet my, my paper. Wife, my, my wife was saying, you know, we only use maybe a roll a week, I think. Why would anybody rush off to a warehouse type thing and stock up with 30 rolls of toilet paper? Yeah, but how, can, how much can Canadians you use? Are, the Canadians are all constipated. We know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ken, any questions? Did we do okay, buddy? Or you, uh, did you get something out of the show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, you, you answered a lot of questions, to tell you the truth. I think for a lot of people out there, you really settled it down just a little bit. And, yeah, first, and I first want to class, tell Barb, Dr. Bill. before we get off, I'm going to tell Barb, Barb, I'm going to keep a couple of test kits aside just for the, the, the radio station, but I don't want anybody coming to the office unless they really have symptoms. Uh, let me talk to him on the phone, and uh, I'll get you a little, a little oxygen 
uh, saturation thing, that you, or you can pick them up in the drugstore and check people when they come in, check their temperature and check their oxygen saturation levels. If they have a temperature and their O2 sats are low, then you need to get a mask on them and get them uh, to healthcare. So I want you to remember that, Barb, because I don't want a lot of panic at the station. I need you guys. And, and we Canada, need you. <laughs> and Canada Calling will be back tomorrow at its usual time of 1 o'clock on AM860. Looking forward to it. And Dr. Bill, thank you for a very informative show. It was a pleasure being a small part of it. Thanks, Pryor. Appreciate you coming on, buddy. You're always welcome. Ken, how much time we got left here? I, I, th I think we've run out of gas. Bye, everybody. Love you. See you next week. I'm out of here.